Chapter 14, Retiring Without Permission. How many people do you know who are still slaving away at their careers well into their 60s and 70s because no one told them it was okay to stop? We get programmed from the time we start kindergarten into thinking that things are done a certain way just because that is the way they have always been done. A lot of men identify themselves with their careers as if that is what and who they are. They do not know what they would do every day if they did not have to get up and go to work. Indeed, some people die soon after their career is over because their life has lost meaning. Well, I do not believe any of that. If we understand the principle of working to live instead of living to work, then we can stop working for wages when employment is no longer required to meet our obligations. This is not a time designated in advance on someone else's calendar, but rather a result of careful planning and execution. By retirement, I do not mean that we will not be busy, but we will finally have the time to be fully engaged doing meaningful things without the burden of hunting and gathering. In the nearly 10 years since I officially retired from gainful employment, I have never wondered once, what am I going to do today? I get to direct my life instead of having a boss tell me what needs to get done and what my deadlines and priorities are. I get to set my own. Does that sound good to you? Considering retirement, it does not mean that I am not willing to work for money if and when I want to. It just means that I am no longer compelled to on someone else's schedule. I own my time. So how do you retire before someone else tells you that you are done? It is simple, really. All you need is to be completely out of debt, including your home mortgage, so you will always have a place to live, and an income stream sufficient for your needs. Sound familiar? Keep in mind that without a house payment and without consumer debt, it really does not cost very much to live. So your income stream does not need to be a river. Before we examine what it will take to create an income stream, first take a look at conventional retirement strategies. Social Security. When I was 16 years old, I got my first real job with payroll deductions. What is FICA? I asked myself as I saw my meager $1.25 per hour wage get cut for federal deductions. Oh, that's Social Security, someone told me. Someday, 50 years down the road, the government will take care of me, but the whole time I am working, I will be contributing to FICA and later Medicare for the privilege of participating in this government safety net. The problem with Social Security, as with many government programs, is that politicians like to do what is expedient at the moment, not what makes the most sense in the long term. Social Security is not really a retirement program at all. The money they collect from you is not saved for your retirement. It is spent right away to send monthly checks to people who are already retired or disabled. Basically, it is a government-sponsored Ponzi scheme. Collect money from one person and pay him back later with money you collect from someone else. The problem is that with baby boomers approaching retirement age, the money coming in the front end of the pipe from current workers will not be enough to meet the needs of those at the opposite end of the pipe as workers in my generation get old enough to retire with permission. I figured this out long ago and concluded that I would need a plan that was not dependent on Social Security. The other problem with leaving your retirement in the hands of government planners is that it is not much different than putting your children on a meagerly allowance. People try to live on that small stipend rather than creating a rewarding life for themselves outside the sandbox. So how will the government fix the problem of increasing demand and limited supply? One of the band-aids that will be applied initially is simply to have people work longer before they are eligible for benefits. I guess that makes sense from a certain point of view. If you can talk the masses into continuing to work, the money will be going into the pipe instead of coming out. Also, the longer people work, the fewer years they will need to be supported before they die. That might sound calloused, but that is the mindset of some politicians. Increasing the retirement eligibility age for benefits has already started for people in my age group. 
By the time you are ready to retire, if Social Security is still in business, you may have to be 75 years old before you can retire according to their rules. Are you beginning to see why you may not want to be in the mainstream? Company pension. The second source of income for most retirees is a company pension check. You also have to be old enough according to their actuarial tables before you can collect a dime. So if you want to retire early, you will need to figure out an income stream that does not include a company pension. The good news is that most workers will be vested in a retirement plan after remaining a certain number of years with the same company that will pay off someday. That will be icing on the cake. Pension funds sound a little bit like Social Security, but companies are actually required to invest your money rather than spend it immediately, the way the government does. So if the company happens to still be in business when you reach 65 or 70 or 75, you will get a check every month. The beauty of having a retirement plan that does not depend on receiving a company pension or Social Security check is that if and when they do begin to pay, it is a bonus. If they go broke, oh well. The 4% rule. Another common retirement strategy often employed by financial planners who counsel people who are approaching the official retirement age is the 4% guideline. Some studies indicate that retirees' biggest fear is running out of money before they die. The 4% rule is simply this. After you retire, you can spend all your annual increase plus 4% of your retirement savings every year. And supposedly, you will not live long enough to run out of money. This assumes, of course, that you wait until you are deemed old enough to retire. Who makes this stuff up? Well, I have an answer to that one also. Do not dip into the 4% at all. Dipping into the principal during retirement is no different, in my opinion, than spilling sauce off the edge of your pizza when you are 25. If in retirement you continue living on less than you earn and you are not depleting the principal, there is no reason, theoretically, other than inflation, that you could not support yourself indefinitely no matter how young you are when you retire or how long you live. Consequently, all these rules and guidelines set up for everyone else we are going to ignore. I like the sound of that. So if there's no pension and no social security, where does the money come from? Simple, you plant it. Money trees. If you followed my advice about buying two houses during the course of your working years, you already have one money tree. If the first house you bought was a duplex, then you have two money trees already planted. A money tree or income stream is nothing more than an asset that produces ongoing income. If you have one or more houses that you have been renting to others and no mortgage left to pay, then after taxes, insurance, and maintenance expenses, the rent you collect is available to buy your groceries. Rental property is a good example of a money tree, but it is certainly not the only one. As I mentioned earlier, my father planted actual pine trees that he used to call his college fund for his kids. What type of trees you plant when you plant them and how well you care for them is entirely up to you. If you have watched for opportunities to sell lemonade along the way, by the time you are ready to plant, you will have plenty of good ideas for generating retirement income. The important thing to remember about money trees is that you will want to plant different types of trees. You do not want your retirement to be dependent on one particular sector, like real estate, for example. Diversify so that if one sector is non-producing for a period of time, the other trees will continue to pay your bills. One of the reasons I like recommending residential real estate as one of your income properties is because of the cycle of life that it represents. Remember when you were starting off and thought you were throwing money away by renting? Hopefully I have dispelled that myth. Well, while you were renting and saving for your own down payment, your rent payments were someone else's money tree. Now it is time for the shoe to be on the other foot. Also, rents tend to protect you against inflation. As market rents increase, your income increases to the same degree since you will have no debt service. You do not need to be rich to retire early. Here is another myth I can dispel. 
the disciplined approach to spending that I have encouraged you to develop throughout your life will not stop when you retire. You will not want it to. You will be so practiced at saving money and spending less that when you get ready to develop your spending plan without debt, you are going to find that it just does not require that much money to live comfortably. A few carefully planted and well-maintained trees will do nicely. I hate to use examples with real numbers because everyone's circumstances are so different. Case in point, when we were first married, we went to a budgeting seminar. At the time, in 1976, we were living on about $1,200 per month, and we had a good handle on keeping our costs under control. The presenter made up slices on how to budget, but the income he used was more than double the amount we had available to spend in our own budget. My thought at the time was that if I made that much money, I would not have to worry about budgeting at all. In reality, there were people in the room who made much more than the figures on his slides, yet they had trouble because they often still had months left when they ran out of money. So they still needed to learn the skills even with higher incomes. That is when I began to realize that it is less important how much money you make and more important how you manage what you have. So with that disclaimer, I'm going to throw some numbers out here. This example may be way over or under what your current income might be, but typically your earning potential will increase over time. It is just an example, so go with it. Let us look at how you might accumulate a nest egg large enough to plant a money tree. Suppose that you are 35 years old, you have four or more children, and you have successfully followed my previous suggestions for the last 10 years. At 25, you started saving for your 20% down payment, and at 30, you bought your first house with a 15-year mortgage. You bought a modest home for $200,000 and borrowed $160,000 at 4 and 3 eighths percent fixed. Your principal and interest payment on the 15-year loan is $1,200 a month. You have kept your spending down as your income has increased and you are now living on 50% of your gross income. Let us imagine for this example that you are making $72,000 per year or $6,000 per month. 3000 is your target spending level at 50%. After your mortgage payment, that leaves you $1,800 for everything else in the monthly budget. Food, clothing, transportation, etc. For ease of illustration, I'm going to cut this pizza up a little differently. Over on the other side of the pizza, let us see what we can do with the remaining 50%. 10% is tithing, $600. 20% taxes, $1,200. 10% savings for retirement, $600. 10% is savings for college and missions and emergencies, $600. If you really have four or more children, your taxes will not be this high, probably closer to half that amount, so you will have even more available for savings or emergencies. Imagine you have 20 years before you retire at your goal of 55 years of age. If you look at a compound return of only 5% per year, which is not difficult to achieve even in a low interest rate environment, that $600 per month compounded over 20 years will be worth nearly $250,000. If you plant that tree when you are 55 and start harvesting the interest instead of accumulating it, you'll have a very safe $1,000 per month at only a 5% return, and that money tree will bear fruit forever. If you moved out of your first house after you paid for it at age 45 and bought another home, the rent you collect from the first house will help you pay for the second house in 10 years instead of 15. Now at age 55, both houses are paid for and your first house is a money tree generating $1,000 or more net per month forever. You could probably live on $2,000 per month with no debt, but $3,000 would be more comfortable. The third money tree is your lemonade stand business, whatever you choose that to be. If it has been producing at least $600 per month for the last 20 years, you can stop selling lemonade and plant another tree at 5% interest. 
or you can keep or start selling lemonade. My online lemonade stand business generates up to $2,000 in extra income every month, so I am confident the numbers in this example are easily attainable. So three money trees producing $1,000 per month each in retirement will replace the $3,000 you've been living on with a mortgage, but you will have no debt. Your taxes and tithing will be half what they were before retirement. Do you still think you have to be rich to retire early? Of course, your situation will be different and you can and will make different choices. In reality, your money trees will likely generate more than 5%, yet this example demonstrates that by exercising careful discipline, it is not difficult to do, even at a mere 5% return. The above example was designed to replace 50% of your pre-retirement income. It would not be inconceivable with the right nurturing to have your money trees eventually replace 100% or more of your pre-retirement income. You might be wondering where you can earn a safe 5% or more consistent return on your retirement savings when banks and CDs are only paying 1.5%. There are many ways, but let me suggest one that is probably the safest. There was a time when people used to buy stocks for the dividends that were paid to shareholders. These days, it seems most investors are looking for growth, capital gain, but stock dividends are not to be ignored in a conservative portfolio designed for income. I would recommend a basket of income stocks to spread your exposure. There are many utility companies that are not glamorous but pay consistent dividends in the range of 5 to 10%. I recommend that you study carefully which companies are the safest and most likely to still be around long term. Several publications and newsletters cover income investing, but do your homework so you will choose the best and safest investments. Remember, you will have worked hard for these funds. Do not be lured into risky investments with the promise of above average returns. See Chapter 9, Wanting the Right Things. You can water your tree with something I like to call drip irrigation. You can sign up for drips on most of these stocks so that during your accumulation phase, the dividends paid out will buy more shares. Over time, your portfolio will have grown due to your monthly infusions of capital as well as your dividend reinvestments. All you will have to do when you are ready to switch to monthly income is turn off the drip and start harvesting cash dividends from the tree. Do not forget that there is always plan B. You will still have all your time. If your plan A unravels for whatever reason, you can always work for money again to the extent your needs require. After all, you are skilled and you have a wealth of experience to draw upon. If you do not want to work for someone else, you could start a consulting business. The main thing to remember is that you have options. If you have created them for yourself, so do not be fooled into thinking that you have to be rich or wait until someone else gives you permission to retire. All you need is to create and execute a retirement plan. Money trees that provide adequately for your wants and needs to, and be completely free of debt. Then you can finally be independent. What about health insurance? What about it? You just buy it the same way you buy anything else. Shop for the best deal and pay the premium. I know people who retired early, but they went back to work because they wanted their employer to help them pay part of the cost of their insurance until they were old enough to get Medicare. Well, that is a choice, I suppose, but not one I would make. It just depends how much you value your independence and how willing you are to line up at the government or corporate trough with everyone else. Now, I suppose that if you have a dread disease by the time you reach retirement age, you may need to keep working in order to maintain ongoing coverage for your condition. I suspect that will be a minority case. Actually, if Obama gets his socialized health care passed, we will all be paying for everyone's dread diseases anyway. Yikes. Where do I get off this merry-go-round? Assuming that private insurance will still be available when the government gets through monkeying with the marketplace for health care, I would recommend a catastrophic-only policy and pay as you go for everything else. 
That way, if something terrible happens, it will not wipe you out and you will likely spend less on the small stuff month to month than you would on a full service health insurance policy. Taxes during retirement. Oh yes, this part does not go away just because you have retired. The government will always want their piece of your pizza. Since you will still have income from your investment money trees, taxes will be due. That income will likely be less than it was when you were working, but since you no longer have mortgage payments to worry about, with the right plan in place, you should not have to lower your standard of living when your income drops. The good news is that the government does not expect you to be out of debt and not working, so you will be under the radar living well but paying taxes in the lower brackets. Federal tax tables are designed for Babylonians, yet another reason to not be in the mainstream. You will be able to claim the standard deduction, which goes up every year, and personal exemptions that will eliminate a good chunk of taxable income. Recently, the IRS even started allowing taxpayers who claim a standard deduction to deduct property taxes up to $1,000 without itemizing their deductions. If your itemized deductions, including donations, are close to the standard deduction, there are tax planning strategies that will allow you to itemize every other year and channel those deductible expenses into the years when you itemize. In alternate years, you can claim the standard deduction so you can get the best of both worlds. Self-directed charitable funds exist whereby the IRS allows you to deduct your donation for tax purposes in the year you contribute to the fund. Then you can direct the disbursements for tithing, etc. each calendar year according to your needs. That keeps your bishop happy and maximizes your deductions. Win-win. The Ultimate Money Tree added March 2014. All of the money trees I have suggested to this point have one thing in common. They all produce taxable income. I have recently discovered a strategy that completely eliminates taxes in retirement. This will work best if you have previously planted five producing taxable trees that are reasonably liquid and you have some other income sources such as Social Security. The vehicle used is called a Maximum Funded Tax Advantage Life Insurance Contract. It can be fully funded in the first five years, then depending on the policy provisions, you can withdraw what are essentially loans against the cash value at zero interest and tax-free. If you structure it correctly, this can produce a tax-free annual income stream that will outlive you and provide a substantial tax-free death benefit for your heirs. I plan to implement this strategy beginning this year at age 63, but if you are able to start it earlier and let it grow longer, the earnings inside the policy will accumulate tax-free until you are ready to start harvesting. If you have set aside enough money to fully fund this vehicle and allow it enough time to grow, it can produce enough annual income via loans on your own money and associated tax-free earnings to provide for all of your wants and needs. To deal with any taxable income sources that you have remaining, just give enough money to the charities of your choice to ensure that you will have a zero tax burden after your itemized or standard deductions and personal exemptions have been applied. Now that is really flying under the radar. Square Ice Cream When we were retired and living in San Clemente, California, I was the ward mission leader for a time. Because we never knew when the missionaries might drop by for an impromptu visit or a meeting, we always kept our freezer stocked with several cartons of premium ice cream, which typically came in round containers. Having that excellent ice cream always available may have increased the frequency of those impromptu meetings. I coined the phrase, life is too short for square ice cream, meaning simply that even though we are retired and still have to watch our expenses, there's room in the budget to enjoy some of the finer things in life. We also keep up our Friday date nights and eat out as often as we like. Because we like to save money, we still use coupons, even though we do not need to. After all, we saved our way to retirement. Why stop now? There's no reason to assume that life will change materially in retirement except for one really big difference. You finally have all your time back. You can watch for last-minute cruise deals and save a bundle if you can leave next week or next month. And guess what? You can! 
time. Sometime in my 40s, after working too hard for too many years, I finally figured out that what I really wanted was not more money, but more time. Our oldest son came to the same conclusion at 35 years of age and made a significant career change recently to allow him to be able to spend more time with his family. The final chapter of this book will deal with some of the things you can do with more time. After all, you have sacrificed these many years to get here. You have kept your eyes on the prize, and when it is finally here, what will you choose?